Welcome to this latest FSB Monthly Roundup podcast, brought to you by the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This episode is our November Small Business Roundup, in which we'll take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment, and which you need to be aware of right now as small business owners. Uh, This month, we'll be looking at the latest findings from FSB's Small Business Index, the quarterly temperature-taking survey, uh, which asks small business owners and sole traders about their biggest challenges right now and current confidence in the market. We will look ahead to the forthcoming autumn statement, exploring what might be in that for small businesses and what we would like to see from the government at this time. And then we will look at one particular issue that is proving really challenging for small businesses right now, and that is the issue of late payments. Um, To discuss all of those things, I am joined by Alan Sodi, Head of Media and Communication at FSB, and Amelia Quist, the organization's Head of Policy and Research. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining. Hi, John. Hi. Good to, good to have you here. Um, let's start with the latest indicators from the Small Business Index. Uh, Amelia, um, for listeners not quite familiar with the, with the survey, just explain to us what it is and, and, and how it works. Yeah, of course. So FSB's Small Business Index survey is our major quarterly survey, which we use to investigate small business confidence. So we run the survey each quarter. It's um, from our Big Voice panel. So they respond to the survey. And for those who don't know, FSB's Big Voice panel is um, a survey community of FSB members who receive our surveys. Um, So if you are an FSB member and you're not on Big Voice, do sign up so you can take part. Okay, brilliant. And so, you know, turning to this quarter's findings, the latest findings, what are they telling us about the the current challenges facing small businesses? So unsurprisingly, the SBI continued on its downward trend with overall confidence falling this quarter to minus 36. And this is down 11 points from the uh, previous quarter. Um, And this is the largest annual fall on record, with the exception of the first quarter in 2020, when we began to see the um, the onset of the pandemic. Um, And so 85% of small businesses reported an increase in their operating costs in Q3. And when we asked about the main cause of the changing kind of business cost, the most commonly cited reason was um, utilities. So 60% of small firms cited that utilities had increased. You know, in September, the government announced the Energy Bill Relief Scheme, which provides a discount on the wholesale cost of electricity and gas for businesses between October 2022 and March 2023. Now, this is something which FSB has lobbied hard for during the summer, and we continue to do so. Um, Now, businesses should start to see those savings, although the the discount come through uh, this month. Uh, because those savings were applied from October. Um, so those are kind of a range of a bit of a snapshot in terms of the key things that we found from the SBI this quarter. Yeah, and I guess no surprise to see uh, energy and fuel costs on there, given the the amount of um, exposure that issue has had and, and how it is genuinely impacting everybody at this time. Does the survey also tell us, though, how 
firms are responding to some of these challenges and perhaps what steps they're, they're currently taking to try and get through this period of low confidence? It does, yeah. So the SBI shows that small businesses are responding to increases in higher utility costs and declining consumer demand by applying for credit. Now, the share of small businesses applying for credit rose to 13% in Q3, um, and construction businesses were most likely to apply for credit during this quarter, with around 24% um, doing so. And concerningly, the most common reason for businesses seeking credit in Q3 wasn't actually for investment, but to manage cash, cash flow. So really kind of highlights the, uh, the tough challenges that small businesses are going through at the moment. Yeah, so they're borrowing to, to get themselves through cash flow crisis rather than, than from investment, which is what we will have seen in the past. Was there anything else particularly notable in this in this quarter's findings? Well, I guess co- following on from the cash flow point, um, late payments continue to burden small businesses while they struggle to kind of meet the demands of the cost of doing business crisis. Um, and our latest data shows that over one in two had some form of late payment in Q3 of this year, and 27% said the situation has worsened. So really concerning in terms of the late payment crisis, clearly the cost of doing business crisis is having a major impact on that. Yeah, as you say, that's um, that's something we're hearing a lot of on this podcast, and we've spoken about in the past on this podcast, and we're going to do so again uh, shortly. But just before we do, um, Alan, I'd like to talk about the, the forthcoming autumn statement as well we've just had this incredible political period where we've seen lots and lots of different announcements and u-turns and so on around policy but let's start by discussing some of the things that you think we might see uh, for small businesses in the autumn statement what are you expecting well the overall mood music for this one john is that all the talk is around the need for tax rises and spending cuts. This is not necessarily going to be a crowd-pleasing uh, fiscal statement from, from, from the government. They're, they're paving the way to manage people's expectations along those lines because they say that this is what's needed to stabilise the economy after recent turmoil. That is their thinking behind it. Um, if we look at what that might mean in practice, well, because we've had all of this political turmoil, um, we've had budget style announcements quite regularly recently. And so there's a lot that we already do know. So, for example, we know that uh, the, the, the planned cancellation of the rising corporation tax, that's been got rid of. So therefore, corporation tax will go up as it had been originally planned to do. Uh, the, the government changed its mind when it ripped up the mini budget on changes to IR35 rules. So what was going to happen now isn't going to happen again. We already know that. On the plus side, what this what this upcoming autumn statement shouldn't affect is the help on energy bills and the price cap for small firms, at least the initial six months of that, because recently that has gone through Parliament, it's passed into law, and therefore the money should and we certainly are telling the government that it should be getting actually into the pockets of small businesses very, very, very shortly. Also, something that passed into law recently was the reversal of the hike in national insurance. And so that's now in law that should be getting passed on. Although the disappointing thing with with that, even though that was one of the few things from the mini budget that was kept, Um, But the disappointing part with that is that while it was kept for employers, for self-employed and for employees, but actually company directors who are paid mainly through dividends, their their part of it was detached 
and taken out. In other words, they're not going to get this tax cut. And let's bear in mind, they were the very group that were overlooked for direct financial support during COVID from the government as well. And so, uh, yet again, that particular group is being taken away from others and they're going to face, they're going to have this increase carry on, whereas it will be reversed for everyone else. Yeah, it's like a double whammy for them. Are there other big ticket items that perhaps you're not expecting to see, but wish we were? Are there things that, that, that you would like the government to include, but, but you fear they're probably not going to at this at this stage? Well, in the last couple of weeks, it seems to have been all about steadying the ship economically after there was the panic on the markets and all that kind of stuff recently. And yes, that you can see the argument to steady the ship, but the ship then needs to set sail again. And so what we would like to see is alongside that reassuring the markets and, and so on and, and having some stability. But we would also like that to be matched on the flip side by some policies that actually get growth going into the economy, because otherwise you just then pot- potentially stagnate. You've got high inflation at the moment. You potentially get into a stage of stagflation. The economy needs to grow. And so um, certainly even if it's not in this statement, but in, in the more medium term, there certainly need to be pro-growth policies. That includes bringing down the overall level of taxation on small businesses, which is at its highest for 70 years. It could include, for example, taking more small businesses out of business rate, but also getting investment in for infrastructure, getting late payments tackled, which I know we're going to come to in a, in, in a few minutes time, but do, doing the, those kind of measures to actually get the growth going, as well as sorting out a bit of financial stability and dealing with the national debt. Yeah, and I guess a question that a lot of our audience will have with a new prime minister is whether that's going to see a shift in the government's overall approach to to small business and the small business environment uh, over the longer term. Do we think that Rishi Sunak coming in will shift the government's overall longer term approach to small business activity or do you think they'll stay on pretty much the same course? Well, the approach to the economy overall, it has shifted since Rishi Sunak became prime minister because his focus on Jeremy Hunt, from what they've said so far, is to prioritise getting the national debt under control. And that's why they're talking about the need for tax rises, for spending cuts, that there's no money for rabbits out of hats and all that kind of terminology you usually get around a budget. So that is, is a change of approach. But then in terms of small businesses, there is also political reality here that as time goes on, we will get closer and closer and closer to the next general election, um, which has to happen in the next couple of years. And there will be political competition for the small business vote. Uh, It it, it seems like eons ago now, but back at the Labour Party conference that was only a few weeks ago, uh, you know, they were talking there, for example, about our ask around uh, lifting more small businesses out of business rates. And so uh, there will be political competition between the various different parties around the UK uh, for that small business vote. And from the Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt side of things, they will have to recognise that. But they'll also come under pressure economically as well as politically to start getting that growth back into the economy and to implement the policies that actually will get us there. Yeah, brilliant. That's great. And look, you know, you've both both mentioned uh, this sort of growing culture uh, of late payments. Um, And as I said before, we've talked about that on this podcast a few times. But just how serious an issue is this? Um, And and, and it's a growing problem, is it? 
it is a growing problem. And, and Amelia was, was reflecting in those stats just a few moments ago. It, it's now affecting more than half of small businesses. And I think also as times are tough in the economy, I suspect where we're seeing an increase in this at the moment, there is an element of bigger businesses keeping their smaller suppliers and contractors holding on longer to be paid so that the bigger business is protecting its own cash flow at the expense of its smaller suppliers and contractors. And that is just not on. But you can see that coming through as a trend as the economy is going through this difficult period. Our fear is that that will get worse. And, you know, when when you look at this this issue, it's you wouldn't go into a, a, a shop and say, "Okay, I'll come back and pay you in 90 days for the stuff that I've just put in my shopping bag. And then, and you certainly wouldn't go back after 89 days and say, right, because I've come a day early, I'm going to give you the money, but I'm going to deduct 10% because I've paid you early after 89 days instead of 90. And, and that is why it is such a big problem. And, and it has a real, real impact on, on those small businesses who are affected by it. Yeah, and just what are some of those impacts, Alan? I mean, yeah, we've heard these figures uh, a few times, 400,000 uh, businesses in the UK suffering from from late payments, lots and lots of businesses at risk as a result of, of outstanding payments. But what are the kind of day-to-day impacts on them? Well, in the end, 50,000 small businesses a year actually go out of business because the money doesn't get there in time or doesn't get there at all when they've already had the outlay to provide the goods or the services that they've provided. So it has a very, very big impact on them. But even those who manage to get by it significantly impacts their cash flow. And as well as the the stress of that, the hassle of chasing the payments and so on. But also that means that there's not money there for them to invest. uh, And therefore it's holding back the growth of their business. And that's why we think at the moment where the government's focusing on on the public finances and therefore uh, suggesting that we can't keep finding money for this and that and that. Well, actually tackling late payments by the government and making it clear to those late payers among bigger businesses, that it's just not acceptable. That would not cost the taxpayer anything. And yes, it would be a pro-growth policy because it would help with the cash flow at this very, very difficult time in a cost of doing business crisis. It's a no-brainer that the government should pick that up, even if there are other things they say they can't do at the minute. This is not going to cost anything to the taxpayer. It would make a massive difference to a huge number of small businesses. Yeah, what else um, can be done? Are there other steps you'd like to see taken? I know there are um, things happening in the background around um, encouraging uh, bigger firms to to sign up for accreditation around being good payers and things like that. There's there's lots of initiatives like that. But are there, are there other steps you would like the government to take to to improve and, and, and protect smaller businesses? Well, I think there is a growing realisation among a lot of bigger businesses that that there is actually a reputational and and public relations risk of being seen to be a bad guy if if, if people begin to realise that that they're a poor payer. Um, And and many are beginning to recognise that and signing up for things like the the Good Business Charter, of which its criteria include um, paying promptly. Um, But in terms of what the government could do... uh, that an awful millions and squillions of pounds a year gets handed out in public sector contracts, so taxpayer funded contracts by government departments and so on. If if the government said, right, if you're a big business 
and you pay your smaller suppliers and contractors badly. You, 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 you keep them hanging on. You've got really poor payment terms. You're keeping them waiting way more than a month, maybe two months, three months. That data for a lot of bigger businesses exists. They have a duty to report it. So those figures are available of how long it takes each of those bigger businesses to pay. If the government says, look, if you're not paying within 30 days, you're not going to get any public sector contracts. We're not going to hand you millions of pounds of taxpayers' money. We're going to give it to people who treat their suppliers better and who pay on time. And also in doing that, the public procurement system could be widened out so that more public sector contracts are advertised at a slightly smaller scale so that more smaller businesses can apply for them. And that would mean there's more competition for public procurement. And actually, at a time of watching the public purse, that would very probably get better value for the taxpayer. So again, in that sense, it's a win-win. And the other thing the government could do is also bring in legislation that says that audit committees of big businesses should be directly responsible for the payment practices within those companies so that there is that level of scrutiny and accountability as well. Yeah, and just finally on that, are there things that small businesses can do to enhance their chances of getting paid or to, to chase down late payments? Well, if, if a small business is thinking of, of supplying a much, much bigger business, they can have a look and see if that business is one of those that has to report its, its typical payment times. Uh, that's available on the government website in the duty to report section of it. So you could look that up and see whether that bigger business seems to be good or seems to take longer than most to pay up that might be an indication um if you do when you have a contract whether it's with, with a bigger business or a, a smaller one or a consumer um i guess the obvious thing to say is it should always be clear in that contract and no ambiguity about what the payment terms are and then where a payment becomes overdue it's very good practice, as many small businesses already do, to, to chase that up promptly, not to delay, but to chase it promptly. And there, there are places you can go for support to do that if you are um, in need of guidance, if you're in need of template letters or, or whatever, including if you're a member of FSB. We have FSB Debt Recovery Service. If you're in this position and you want details about that, it's all there on the website of how that can help. Often, just one initial letter does prompt the payment. But where you've got particularly these bigger businesses that aren't paying late because they're being a bit rubbish. They're paying late because it's a deliberate policy within their finance team to do that for their own cash flow. Then, of course, however many letters you send and however much you approach them, it's not going to do the trick. And that's why we need the government to be making it clear and actually taking action alongside of all of this. There's, there's so much a small business can do to chase late payment, but it, they can't change that culture that, that absolute scourge if it is endemic in certain bigger businesses and that's where it needs the government to come in. Yeah, brilliant. Um, listen, Alan and Amelia, thank you so much for taking us through the key small business announcements and issues in the headlines right now uh, and some other topics as part of our monthly Small Business Roundup podcast series. That was really good. Thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode. While I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the FSB podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.org.uk and at fsb.org.uk. Many thanks for listening. <laughs>